Well, let's go ahead and open up there. And this morning we're going to cover verses 4 through 10. Such an awesome book, the book of First Peter. It's a book about suffering. It's a book about salvation. It's a book that covers so many things that are important to us as Christians. And today as we go through our study, we're going to see a few things. We're going to see that we are stones in the same building. We are priests in the same temple. And we are citizens of the same nation. And all these things about who we are is because of who he is. Such a beautiful thing. Look what it says in verse uh, 4 right here. It says, Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy and so let's pray one more time lord as we open your word we pray lord you would open our hearts you'd speak to us lord uh you would just continue lord to make us uh men of god women of god children of god who really love god and live for god that we would shine lord in this dark world for your glory speak to us lord speak to us holy spirit we pray in jesus name Amen. Here in verse 4, it says, coming to him. You might even want to circle that in your Bible. Coming to him. Coming to Jesus. You know, that's really what Christianity is. And that's really what life is as a Christian. It's coming to him. This morning, we don't come to church. We come to him. In our life, we come to Jesus. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 11? 28 through 30, he said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, this has been probably one of the busiest weeks of my whole life. And I think being involved in the ministry and having a family and being a pastor and so many things that take place, it's, it's a blessing, man, but there's so much going on. There's so many hurting people. This uh, last Monday morning, I got a knock at the door. It was an individual friend I hadn't seen for a long time. And he came to me, and he was a totally different man. He was a totally devastated man. For his wife had left him. It was Monday morning. It was very early. And I was still in my pajamas. And I 
heard the, you know, knock, and I'm like, who's there? And and so Monday, I spent the whole day with him. Tuesday, spent the day with him. Wednesday, um, his life is totally devastated. His life is turned upside down. This man who was just a, a, a man just totally with a sparkle in his eye and a skip in his step is hurting. And maybe you're here today and maybe you find yourself hurting. Maybe you find yourself, like Jesus said, heavy laden. Maybe you're here today and you can't sleep and you need rest. Maybe you're here today and as we look at this, we see Jesus says the answer to all our questions, to all our heartaches, is to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, it says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Link to Jesus. Learn from Jesus. He says there is a yoke that you will bear, but with his help, the yoke will be easy and the burden will be light. And that's what we've done as Christians, and we need to continue to do that. As Christians in becoming Christians, it's very important for us to know that it's not a project, it's not a process, it's not a principle. This is a person. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not coming into a religion. We're not coming to a you know, technical thing or philosophical thing. We are coming to a relationship and we are coming to a very personal being, you know. And I know sometimes it's hard to separate those things because you come into a building like this and you see the four walls and maybe you're caught up in different things that go on in your life and you don't see the person here with your eyes, but the Bible says that we see him with the eyes of our heart. Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. Peter earlier even said, even though you've never seen him, you love him. And that's what we are as Christians. We come to Jesus. Now, Peter here in this verse, he elaborates on Jesus. Again, look what he says in verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Now, we'll see later in our text today that Jesus is actually the chief cornerstone. Here, Peter calls him the living stone. Jesus is the most important part of the heavenly temple, who unfortunately, and we see it in the world that we live in today, generally speaking, has been rejected by men. But he's the chosen one of God. As a matter of fact, Peter here calls him, again in verse 4, Precious, chosen by God and precious. Can you imagine that big, burly, brawny fisherman using the word precious? It's kind of funny, huh? But that's the way God had sensitized his heart. That's the way God had transformed his life when he looked at Jesus. And when he looked at the things of God, he saw them as being very precious. The word speaks of being prized and valuable and honorable. Uh, Jesus, uh, Peter used the same word in chapter 1, verse 7, in describing our faith that it's precious. And chapter 1, verse 19, describing the blood of Jesus being precious. And chapter 3, verse 4, speaking about the quiet and gentle spirit being precious. But in our text today, we're going to see he uses the word three times just speaking about Jesus. Again, look at verse chapter 2, verse 4. He calls him Precious, And then again in verse 6, it says right there, he is the chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And then again in verse 7, 
He uses the word, therefore, to you, believe he is precious. You see, he is precious to God the Father, and therefore he should be precious to all the family of God. The word speaks of being held in honor and prized. And and so we begin this morning by just reiterating the truth that as Christians, we don't come to a religion, we come to a relationship. We don't come to a principle, we come to a person. As Christians, we come to Christ, who is the living stone, who is the cornerstone, who is the precious stone. And when you come to Christ, and He is your rock, and you stand on your rock, then you will never be moved. question is, what are you standing on, man? Why are you so unstable? Why is it that the little 14-year-old girl can knock you off the rock or the little breeze that comes in a certain direction on a certain day can knock you down. The reason is you're not standing on the rock. And today there is a call for you and me to stand on the rock. Very important. Jesus is our rock. We need to make sure that we live life in light of that truth. He's the living stone, says right there that we might also be living stones, it says in verse 5. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know if you can visualize Jesus the rock, Jesus the cornerstone, Jesus the living stone. He's solid, he's stable, that's who he is. That's where you need to be, and that's what you need to be as well. That God would work in our life, that God would build us up by his spirit, by his word, that you and I would also be living stones. He's the living stone with a capital L. We're the living stone with a small L. We're little stones, so to speak. But that's what God wants to do in our life. And as we grow, and you're a man of God here today, you're not playing games, you're not messing around, you got your eyes on the Lord, and you're here today, and you're taking your Christianity serious, and you're a godly woman, you're a woman of God, then God uses you. And not only does he build you up, but he sets you into this temple. And stone upon stone, God is creating, God is making, God is building a church where he will be praised. And that's the work that he wants to do. You know, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but Jesus is still a carpenter because he said in Matthew 16, verse 18, I will build my church. That's what God's doing. He's building you. And as one upon one, stone upon stone, as we together as a church have our eyes on the Lord, he's building this church to bring him glory and honor. You see, God is building a building, but we need to know that it's a spiritual building. It's a spiritual structure. The building he's building, this structure he lives in, is not a building of wood or walls or windows. It doesn't have a physical foundation or floors or doors. As a matter of fact, we come back to the truth once again that it's not a physical project. It's people. That God is working in the hearts of people. The building is the building of the people of God. And it's so amazing when you look at who we are in Christ and who he is as our Savior. And it's so amazing when you look at 1 Peter and you see who God is and who you are. 
And when you know who God is, and when you receive Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, then he changes who you are. And we become rocks, and we even become priests, it says right here in verse 5. You also, as living stones, are being built up. Notice, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. See, it's great to know who he is, and it's imperative so that we might know who we are. He's the living stone. We're the little stones. He's the high priest. We are holy priests. Be who you are. That's who we are in Christ. You know, I like the way Peter says it here. We are being built up right there. We are being built up. And this speaks not only of being built up corporately together, stone upon stone, but also it speaks about the fact that we are being built up individually, how God is working in our hearts, personally building us up. We're looking up. We're growing up. And he's not just changing habits. He's changing hearts. He's not just changing our works. He's changing our ways. He's building us up. He's lifting us up. And it's just an amazing thing. You know, you are his workmanship. You know, I don't know where you guys came from. And everybody here came from different backgrounds. Some of you here were kind of squeaky clean, you know, in the world's eyes. But you weren't. You were still a sinner in need of a savior. Some of you here, you come from the lowest pit. You didn't have anything growing up. All you did was drugs. And, you know, God set you free. You were violent. You name it. There's so many different backgrounds here. But God takes us all. and He doesn't take away our personality. He changes our character. And now we come from all four corners of the earth together, from different backgrounds together. And God is building a temple. You know, this building that we're talking about, the people of God, the hearts of God, the souls of men and women, is where God lives today. God doesn't live in this building. That's why this building's not real fancy. God lives in you. You see? And that's what we need to have in our hearts. God is building us up. It says that in Colossians 2, 6, and 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up. You know, the Bible calls the church a bride, a body, and a building. And we read that explicitly in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, how we are the temple of the Lord. A temple which speaks of the lodging of the Lord. It consists of people, even to the point where Peter calls us a holy priesthood. You know, and think about that for a second. You know, do you know who God is? Do you know who God is? Have you come to him? Have you truly, totally come to Jesus? He is the living stone. And so you're little stones. He is the high priest. And so we are holy priests. You know, the holy temple here consists of priests conducting the work of the Lord. And you're here today and maybe you say, wait a minute, I never went to seminary. <laughs> or you say, wait a minute, I'm not of the lineage of Levi. I'm not... One who has Aaron as my ancestor. You know, I'm not a priest. Yes, you are. You're a priest. If you're a Christian, if you've come to Jesus, the living stone, then you're a living stone. If you come to Jesus, the high priest, then you're a holy priest. Whether you like it or not, you're like, well, I don't like the uniform. Well, I'm not talking about the uniform. man. I mean, don't expect us to call you Father Abraham or anything, but... As a matter of fact, that's unbiblical. Don't call anybody father, the Bible says in that type of context. You don't call anybody holy father. That's unbiblical. And, you know, we just need to know that 
according to the Bible, there's not special men who are closer to God. No, we're all the same. The ground is equal there at the foot of the cross. I'm just a man. You're just a man. We're all the same. But we are priests. You see? You know, we don't need to go get different clothing or have business cards or anything like that because the bottom line is it's not about having a title. It's about having a task in life. I don't want to be called Father Manny. I mean, that's sick. I don't even, that's just awful, man. I don't even want to be called Pastor Manny, to be honest with you. I'm a priest, but I'm not into the title. I'm into the task. And it doesn't matter whether I, where I do it from. It can be from the pulpit. It can be on the streets. It can be in the alleys. It doesn't matter. All of us here are priests. And God wants us to go represent him to the people. And he wants us to represent the people to God in intercessory prayer. You see, that's our function. Once we find out our title, we don't get into the title. We just get into the task. And God says, son, I want you to go here. Daughter, I want you to go there. I want you to do that. And when we do that with all our heart, we fulfill the reason why God made us. You know, we are being built up in order that we might, it says right here, offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and we're going to talk more about the priesthood later because notice again in verse 9, Peter calls us a royal priesthood. But here I just want to touch on a few of the specifics of the sacrifices. And I just think it's good for us to know that as a priest, number one, we represent God to the people. You remember how it is? I don't know if how many of you here came from maybe a Catholic background. Maybe you had that. I know I went to parochial school growing up. I went to nativity right here in sixth grade. I went to different Catholic schools. And um, I remember, you know, the priest, he had the robe and we would see him and we would think, oh, he's closer to God uh, you know, uh, and uh, he's not. But, you know, um, the bottom line is we did see that as a visible representation. There's something about him that um, stands out. Now, as Christians, people look at us and they say, OK, that individual right there, they say they're a Christian. They got the T-shirt on, man. They got the wristband on. They've got the bracelet on. They've got the bumper sticker on their car. They've got all this different stuff. They say they're Christians. And so they're watching you. See? And that's okay. You know, you want people to know you're Christians, but you want to make sure that you live the life, you see? And as Christians, what ends up happening is we represent God to the people. We're a witness to the world. And we're going to see that this is what this is all working towards. But not only do we represent God to the people, but we also represent the people to God. And that means that we are priests who pray for the people. Lord, I come to you for this man, Jimmy, right here. He needs you, Lord. I come to you for him. You see, that's our life. That's what priests do. As a matter of fact, the Latin word for priest is pontifex, which means bridge builder. The priest is the man who builds a bridge for others to come to God. And that's our life. The Christian has the duty, the Christian has the privilege of bringing others to that Savior whom he himself has found in love. And as priests, think about it. You're like, wow, man, a priest. You know, if you study the Old Testament, the priests were the ones who got to go into the presence of God. No one else got to go in there. The Levites would go into the holy place. You had to be a descendant of the tribe of Levi 
And the descendants of Aaron were the only ones able to go into the most holy place. And the only one who could go in was only the high priest. And so only, only one person out of the whole nation could go into God's presence once a year. That was it. But now we all can. We all can go into the holiest of holies because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we need to do that. And we need to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that God calls us to offer. You know, a few things I think of real quick, spiritual sacrifices. Hebrews thirteen fifteen says, Therefore by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. And so as you're speaking the wonderful praises of God and maybe you're just thanking God or maybe you're singing to God or maybe you're just talking about God. But when you use these lips for the Lord, you are offering a spiritual sacrifice to God. There's another verse over in Hebrews 13, 16. It says, do not forget to do good and to share for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So as priests, we're offering the you know, the language of our lips to bring honor to our Lord. As priests, we're giving these good works on behalf of the love of the Lord. And that's sacrifices of praise. But probably my favorite one is over in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says we offer up our bodies as living sacrifices. And these eyes and this tongue and this hands and this body, it's consecrated. It's concentrated. And it's offered up only to God. You see? And that's what priests do. I encourage you guys to be that living stone. To be that holy priesthood. Because he is our living stone. And he is our high priest. You see? Verse 6 right here. Peter quotes from Isaiah 28. Where it says, Therefore it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will not be put to shame. You see, in looking at the Lord and we see the salvation in the book of First Peter, we see it's by faith. As he is our rock, and we come to him, how by faith, how by believing in Jesus. And the Bible says we will by no means be put to shame. You see, believers are standing on the stone. Why? Because we believe in him. And that's why it's so important to receive Jesus and not reject Jesus. Notice again, it says in verse 7, Therefore, to you who believe, how many of you here believe today in Jesus, right? To you who believe, man, he is precious. But here it is, to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. I mean, you think about a rock, and you stand on a big old rock, and it's kind of cool, huh? Have you ever done that? Like, wow, this is solid, man. But have you ever get hit by a rock, just out of curiosity? <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I used to have, I don't know why, we used to have rock fights with our neighbors, man. And one time, boom, I got smashed right here in the head. And it was a crazy thing. And to those of you who believe in Jesus and you trust in Jesus and you're saying in your heart, you know what? I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and Jesus has died for my sins and I give my life to him. Then you're standing on the rock. That rock is for you. 
But if you don't believe, if you're here today, you know what? I want none of it. I, I'm not into the Jesus, you know. I'm going to make it my own way. I reject Jesus. I don't believe in the cross. I don't believe in the resurrection. I'm just going to go ahead and live my own life. And the Bible says and that rock is not just a rock of stumbling. You're going to trip over it. It's a rock of offense. And the Bible says over in the Gospel of Luke, it says that all who fall on the rock will be broken, but on those on whom it falls, it will grind him to powder. You see, when you become a Christian, when you really become a Christian, you're broken. You want to know what the heart of of a Christian is? You want to know what the heart of a Christian is? It's not my will. My life is not my own. My will is surrendered to God. That's the heart of a Christian. And you're broken. You're like, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I've got these aspirations. And I've got these inspirations. And God says, it doesn't matter. It's not your will. That's the heart of Christianity. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. You see, you're broken. When you come to, a Christ, to Christ, you've got to be broken. And that's the way it starts. And Luke says, hey, you come to this stone and you're, and you're broken, right? We fall on that stone and you're broken, but... Those who don't want it that way, what ends up happening is that same stone, it says, will grind him to powder. You see, and that's what Peter is saying right here. These people, they've sealed their destiny, it says in verse 9. They're appointed to this. Why? Because they've chosen this. And it's all simple. It's just two types of people in the world, the saints and the ain'ts, right? Those who believe in Jesus... And they do so with their heart and those who don't. There's a, there's a line of separation. I can just find out if you're going to heaven just by asking you a simple question. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus Christ to you? Is he your Lord and Savior? Or is he just some random rabbi, some typical teacher, some passing prophet, someone who lived a long time ago, someone I have hanging on my wall It's a picture It's a religion, and it's not a reality. Peter here says, listen, if you believe in Jesus, then one day when you stand before God, you won't be ashamed. I love what it says in Psalms 25, verse 20. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed because I put my trust in you. 1 John 2.28 says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And let me just share this real quick, you guys. I hope you can listen up just for a second, okay? Uh, Can you wake up that person? No, I'm just joking. I know you guys are all awake over here. Listen up. This is very important, you guys. One day we will all stand before God naked, just you standing before God. On that day, will you be ashamed? See, the only way you won't be ashamed on that day is if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, in which you've surrendered your life to him. You've crowned him as your king. You've given your life to him. And that's why he says right here, he's just trying to encourage everyone who reads this. He's trying to share the clear gospel that we all must do this. Because if not... On that day when you stand before God at the great white throne judgment, 
you will stand in your own righteousness and you will be ashamed. And so the Lord brought us here today to clear up that whole thing. And hopefully if there are any here today who don't know him, that they would give their life to Christ. You know, notice again in verse 7, it says the stone which the builders rejected. Now, the builders were the Jews of that day. They were the ones who wrote the Bible. They were the religious people. They rejected Jesus. It says right there in verse 8, he became a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. You see, to the Jews, the Bible says that Jesus is a, a stone of stumbling. You know, to the Greeks, it's foolishness. You go out there and you tell the world about Jesus and they're like, oh, man, they kind of lost it, lost it. You know, the cheese slipped off the cracker kind of thing. You know, they don't think that we're really in our right mind when really they're the ones that are way out there. But you go to the Greeks and they think this whole thing is foolishness. But you go to the Jews who are representative of the religious people. And you tell them that salvation is just a free gift. Just come to Jesus. Just, you know, raise your hand. Just step up and go forward. You tell them it's as simple as that. And, and they stumble over that. They're, they're like, no, I, I, I got to do something, don't I? I got to get, you know, baptized and canonized and hypnotized and circumcised. And I got to do all these different things, don't I? I got to go through all these ceremonies. And the Lord says, no. No, you don't have to go do all those things. Afterwards, you will do good works. Afterwards, you will fall in love. But the first step is just coming to Jesus. You see, the Jews didn't like that because they had what? Their religion. You know, how many times have you heard people say, well, I was born a a Catholic, so I'm going to die a Catholic. That's not how it works. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's not a religion. It's Jesus. It's a person. And that's what Peter's trying to say. He's saying, look at who he is. Place your faith in him. And here's the way it works. When we close again in verse 9, he says, But you are a chosen generation of royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. And so you're here and you're thinking, yeah, man, I'm so cool, you know. You're thinking, man, look at who I am. I'm a chosen generation. I'm a, a royal or regal or kingly priesthood. I'm a, I'm a holy nation, man. I'm, I'm God's own special people. And it's true, you are. You know, you really are. You are so loved. You are so cherished. You are so precious. But notice what he says. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, we are privileged with a purpose, man. And as we understand the way this whole thing works, it's kind of cool. When you look at this, it sounds a lot like the nation of Israel. If you read Exodus 19, verses 5 through 6, when the Lord was speaking to Israel, he says, If you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I mean, that was the nation of Israel. And those of you who have read the Old Testament, you see how they just stood out like a sore thumb. They were God's people. Now... The church is not that we've replaced Israel. God's still going to deal with Israel, but we've been grafted in. You see, 
And that's who we are now. But here's the problem. What the nation of Israel did with that special privilege is nothing. They held it in. They hoarded it all to themselves. They got caught up in their own little comfortable, cozy, you know, Christian life. And they didn't go out and infiltrate the world because they didn't want to be contaminated by the world. And so they said, you know what? We're the nation of Israel and we're God's people and you're not. As a matter of fact, it got so bad, they thought that everyone else was just made to fuel the fires of hell. They didn't have a love for the Lord. They didn't have a love for the lost. And therefore, their, loops, their lips sorry, would not be loosened <laughs> to tell people about God. You know, and I love being a Christian. I love reading my Bible. I love praying. I love coming to church. But that's just a huddle. We got to go out, right? We got to go out into the highways and the byways and the valleys and the alleys. And you don't have to be a pastor, man. God puts you out there in the front lines. And some of you work at hospitals. And some of you work at offices. And some of you work at schools. And some of you work in retail. You are out there as a missionary in the world that you live in. And let us not lose the vision of God. He wants to reach the world. And so we claim it. Yes, we claim it. I know who I am in the Lord, and it's wonderful. I claim it, but I also proclaim it. Because I know this, that once I was in darkness, but now I'm in light. Once I was dead, now I live. Once I was blind, now I see. And I can tell anyone that story. And God can use our life for his glory. I pray that we would understand why we are Christians, what God has done for us. You know, we are stones in the same building. We are priests in the same temple. We are citizens of that heavenly nation. It's so wonderful to know who he is and then who we are, and then what God wants us to do, to go out and to reach the world. I pray that we would go out and tell people about Jesus, that we would shine for Jesus. Number one, go out. Another thing I pray in looking at our study today is that we would be built up. Keep coming to church services. Keep studying your Bible. Keep hungering and thirsting after righteousness in your own life. Go out. Be built up. But remember this, that before any of that can take place, you've got to come in, man. You've got to come to Jesus. And that's for Christians. That's for non-Christians. This is not a religion. This is a relationship. This is not a program. This is a person. There's one mediator between God and man. And that is the man, Christ Jesus. And he is here. He is with us. And we are humbled. And we are blessed. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for allowing us, Lord, to have you, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. And Father, I pray today that you would continue to work in our hearts and lives. And you're the living stone. We're the little stones. You're the high priest. We're holy priests. We claim who we are, but we want to proclaim who you are. Lord, help us to stand on the rock today. I pray for those here today who are hurting and going through hard times and struggling. 
Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in them and encourage them and not only build them up, but lift them up off the ground right now. And Lord, I pray just in case there are any here today who don't know you, Lord, that you would touch their hearts and that they would acknowledge that they need Jesus today. And if you're here today, real quick, um, maybe you don't know where you stand you know, in life. I know one thing, man. God brought you here because he loves you. God brought you here today because he wants to encourage you. You're not here by coincidence. You are here in the providence of God. And if you're here today and, and you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, right where you're at, I just want you to stand to your feet. Don't be ashamed. I know it can be one of the most difficult things, but it really is the most important thing you can ever do in your life. Anyone here want to make a stand for the Lord? Want to give that opportunity right where you're at? You're here and you know you're a sinner, separated from God, but you know you have a Savior. And your heart's beating right now because there's a battle going on. Anybody here? Right where you're at, man, don't be afraid. You go ahead and stand. This is really the most important part. Oh, Lord, our hearts just go out, Lord, to those who don't know you today. I know there are some here, Father. Um, it's just the way it is, unfortunately, Lord. But we do pray that your word would go in. Uh, bless your church. Build up your church. But for those who don't know you, that seeds would be planted and watered. And one day, Lord, we'll be in heaven and we're going to see the harvest of that. And we thank you for that, Lord. Place an urgency in every heart here to really live their life for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for loving us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.